0: Pineapple Pizza Podcast discusses the histories, cultures, and beliefs of regions around the world.
1: These stories often contain mature and sometimes disturbing content that may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised.
0: Welcome to Pineapple Pizza Podcast, where we serve up delicious slices of mythology, cryptozoology, and urban legends. It's an interesting combination of flavors. Weird, but it works. Today's special is a variety of tasty personal pan urban legends from the countries of Greece and Italy. I'm your hostess, Lindsay, and with me today are my fellow hostesses with the most. <laughs>
2: I'm Ashley. And I'm Emily. Yay. (laughs) In the house. We need to get your little foam number one finger from the background there, Lindsay. It says number one fan. It's just the tiniest little foam finger I think I've ever seen. It almost looks like it's flipping people off because it's so
0: small. I know, it does. I love
2: it. So I had a question for you guys. Since we're doing Urban Legends... Have either of you ever heard an urban legend at any point in your life that you believed? For example, growing up, I wholeheartedly believed that if you ate Pop Rocks and soda, you would explode. Or Mentos and soda, that you would explode. I was terrified of that.
0: I I believe the watermelon thing. Or no, that's what I was going to say. (laughs) I believe that, and I also believe that if you swallowed your bubblegum, it would, like, get stuck in your stomach
1: for seven years. Oh, my God. I did believe the watermelon thing. I'm glad you gave that example, because I would never have thought of the watermelon thing otherwise.
0: (laughs) So our first tale comes from Pykarmi Attica in Greece the Villa Callernis Raffina. The story goes that the home was once owned by a wealthy man named Pericles Kalernis, hence the name. In 1910, he allegedly murdered his wife before committing suicide.
2: Wait, 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 wait. Somebody was still naming their kid Pericles in 1910? Yep. Get with the times, people. That is such an old school name.
0: Maybe he went by Percy, we don't know. So he allegedly murdered his wife before killing himself. And in some tellings of this legend, he also murdered the children they may have had. Not every site verified that. And I will list all of my sources at the very end of my tales. During the occupation of Greece by the Nazis in World War II, the house was taken over by the Germans and the cellar was used as a place to imprison and torture the locals.
1: Yay. Woo. Woo.
0: And it's said that years later, the house was scheduled for demolition after laying vacant for so long. But while attempting to bulldoze it, the bulldozers stopped working altogether, and two of the workmen at the site both died suddenly of heart attacks.
2: Well, like at the same time? Yeah. That would be unnerving.
0: And understandably, the rest of the crew fled and refused to finish their work for the day.
1: Yeah, yeah. As you do.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel it. Local legend tells a story of a man who foolishly accepted a bet from his friend, that he couldn't last a full night in the haunted house. The next morning, when his friend went to cash in on his bet, he found that his friend had indeed stayed the whole night, but only because he was found dead in the house. He still wins the bet, though, right? He does. And as if that isn't weird enough... Nothing seems able to grow for several meters around the perimeter of the building itself. Experts in this unusual phenomenon found that the atmosphere surrounding the abandoned property has a high count of negative ions, much higher than normal. Fun fact areas dense with negative ions are thought to be linked to paranormal activity. <laughs>
2: Do you think the mood was just so negative it dispersed into the air? Maybe.
0: It's just like a bunch of like lightning struck there, and all <laughs> the negative ions. So yeah. So next, we're going to travel to Italy, specifically Venice, to a 500-year-old Venetian Gothic
1: palace. Ooh, I like that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: We'll see if you still do at the end of the story. There's a clown <laughs> isn't there? Oh no. He comes with the house. Just kidding. <laughs> it's your clown butler. He like honks his nose whenever he delivers things to you.
2: <laughs> Will no. that be all sir? For <laughs> then He like
0: waddles away with his giant shoes. Okay. For real this time. Known as Ca Dario, this house has been lovingly dubbed the house that kills by the locals. And today we're going to dive into why. Built in 1479 by Giovanni Dario, a local aristocrat, aristocrat, not a aristocrat. <laughs> Did they play the piano? He played the piano. <laughs> Had a fancy little mustache.
1: Everybody wants to be a cat. <laughs>
0: You have this murder house
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> the caffeine's hitting it's fine <laughs> <laughs> i did have a full cup of coffee when we
2: recorded the last episode so that's it's okay cool. had a lot of wine actually had a lot of
1: dr pepper we're all right there <laughs> <laughs> we're all a little buzz i still have like a third it's good so Built
0: in 1479 by Giovanni Dario, a local aristocrat, the house was later inherited by his daughter Marietta and her husband Vincenzo. It's a nice Italian name. The house soon took its first victim when Vincenzo was stabbed to death. And shortly after this, Marietta committed suicide in the Grand Canal with their son Vincenzo Jr. later being killed by assassins in Crete those damn cretins I see what you did there
2: (laughs) sorry
1: (laughs) it was like the house had assassins and you're like cretins (laughs) the next
0: homeowner British scientist Radon Brown that's a horrible first name by the way
2: for a scientist was he a chemist It just says scientist. I don't know.
0: He is. Did he invent the
2: radon detector?
0: Maybe he did. But he spent four years in the house before he too succumbed to the curse. The curse. The curse! During his time living at the palace, he suffered financially and his homosexual relationship was discovered, which was a huge taboo at the time. And this scandal ruined his life to the extent that he and his partner died via murder-suicide in the palace in 1842. Did the house murder them and make it look like a murder-suicide? Maybe it did. Maybe it was the clown butler. Hong Kong. Paddled he out really. <laughs> Sprayed them with like arsenic from his little flower.
1: <laughs> I'm gonna have night. <laughs> <laughs>
0: An American millionaire by the name of Charles Briggs became the newest owner of the Palazzo. He suffered a similar fate to Brown, where he was accused of being homosexual and fled to Mexico, where his partner passed via suicide. Hey, Yeah. Following this, the property remained empty for the first half of the 1900s until 1964, when world-famous operatic tenor Mario Del Monaco started negotiations to purchase the palazzo. Unfortunately, on his way to sign the contract, he was involved in a serious car accident that nearly claimed his life. He changed his mind about following through with the purchase after this near brush with death. Good call. Yeah. But the house didn't remain vacant for long, as the count of Turin, Filippo Giordano D'Alanze, bought the Palazzo Dario in the 1970s. The Count was later murdered by his lover, a man named Raoul Blasich, who himself died a violent death after fleeing capture to London. So the manager of the Who, Kit Lampert, purchased the palace, but would stay at a nearby hotel instead, and I quote, to escape the many ghosts that infest the house. The 80s brought another new owner, Venetian businessman Fabrizio Ferrari, who moved in with his sister Nicoletta. He lost everything, including his sister, who died in a car crash. Which is ironic, considering his last name is Ferrari. (laughs) That was a car joke! (laughs) (laughs) And in the late 80s, Raul... Gardini bought the Palazzo in the hopes of giving it to his daughter. Mistake number one. After a number of setbacks and scandals, he committed suicide in 1993. This one will make you laugh. At the turn of the century, Woody Allen debated buying the Palazzo Dario, but allegedly changed his mind after actually researching the place and its many tragic deaths. That's the real tragedy, isn't it? Mm Mm-hmm. Oh. (laughs) In 2002, the Who's original bass player, John Entwistle, suffered a heart attack a week after renting the place. And the locals believe the house is cursed, as anyone who's owned or stayed at the property for more than 20 days have met misfortune by losing it all, whether financially, physically, or both. It's so bad that fishermen actually refuse to cast their ropes by it, and many believe the building was actually constructed over an old Templar cemetery. And since the foundation continues to settle, the building visibly tilts to the right, making it even easier to spot when traversing the canals. Next up is a fun little area in Thessaloniki, Greece that's super cursed, or is it? In ancient Rome, The Hippodrome of Constantinople, which was the capital of the Byzantine Empire in 196 A.D., was built by Septimius Severus to entertain the public. It was rebuilt by Constantine I. Hippodrome Square in modern-day Thessaloniki was the site of a brutal massacre of at least 7,000, but up to 18,000, spectators under the orders of the Byzantine Emperor Theodosius. Theodosius? Theodosius. In response, the ancient city survivors erected a memorial stone that contained the names of all of the victims. The stone was believed to bleed once a year on the anniversary of the slayings. Not long after this phenomenon began, the emperor ordered the memorial to be destroyed and all traces of the massacre to be erased from history. Ever since, a curse has haunted Hippodrome Square. Almost every single building ever erected in the area, specifically those that refused to acknowledge how sacred the site was, were violently destroyed. The curse continued to work its evil magic until 1978, when a residential building collapsed during a bad earthquake and took the lives of 29 people. The building was replaced with the Billy Building, which currently houses the Thessaloniki archives, archives which actually detail the bloody history of the Hippodrome Massacre. And it is believed that this has finally lifted the curse because it acknowledges the massacre.
2: You know what, curse? It's going after people that had nothing to do with it. Come on.
0: I just thought it was cool that the stone bled once a year. Hey y'all, it's Lark and Kim from Kudzu Killers. Homicide is sweetie, and we're pleased to announce our brand new show, Two Chicks and a Crucifix. We're going to have a good time yakking about paranormal phenomena like ghosts. And monsters and conspiracy theories. And Bigfoot. Bigfoot. You know I'm partial to Bigfoot. Right. Uh, Anyway, we hope you come listen to our new paranormal show and have some fun. In 2021. See, I'm a poet and I didn't know it. Stop it. You'll be the ghostess with the mostest. Cut it out. We love parapsychology and cryptozoology. All right. So put your trays in the upright position. We're flying back over to northern Italy for a fun little legend that will have you rethinking water sports.
1: Yay! <laughs>
0: Because Northern Italy has become home to the rather unusual urban legend of waterblades. So locals tell the story of a panic that spread in the area several years ago at the hands of a man known only by the moniker of waterblades. He was believed to frequent water parks that were regularly attended by children. Also, he could install blades in the water slides of the park that's where
1: he got his nickname from
0: water blades
1: <laughs> i can't handle someone's <laughs> name water blades it's
2: so not intimidating but he s- installs blades in the slides and stuff Mm-hmm. ow his goal was to injure and
0: even disfigure the children and adults that would ride the water slides what a dick so, some slides, he would only install small blades that would just cut people a little bit on the way down. Nothing too sinister. But on others, he would put bigger and bigger knives, specifically on rides that would cause the maximum amount of damage. Legend says that people were, were left horribly disfigured, some even permanently, and even though the blades themselves were found and removed, no one ever was able to find the
2: man known as Waterblades. How did they never catch this person? <laughs> I don't know.
0: And even though this is most likely a complete fabrication, because of the time the tale came out, which was before the age of the internet, there was no way to check the facts, which led to people actually believing the tale to the point that it caused this panic in Northern Italy. So whether it's real or not, I'd suggest not chasing water parks in northern Italy and just stick to the rivers and lakes that you're used to. Uh-huh. <laughs> Don't
1: go chasing waterfalls. In this case, <laughs>
2: water parks.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, for the last leg of our journey, we're heading back to Thessaloniki for a tale that's truly out of this world.
2: You're just taking us on a whirlwind. It's a big old W. Mm-hmm.
0: So if you're looking to test the sands of time, then look no further than Black Rock Street. Located in the area of Anopoli, this unassuming narrow short alley, which is actually named Mavris Petra Street, is believed to be a gateway to another dimension. The myth about the area being a real-life time machine stems from a story surrounding the city itself. When Thessaloniki burned down in 1917, a crater with a big black metal stone was found, which created this dead-end alley in the city. It's believed that a time gate opens at the end of this alley every 15 days at midnight. But beware! anyone who enters the game the gate becomes lost never to be seen again yes emily
2: i'm sorry I'm <laughs> <kidding>. <laughs> <laughs> so on drink drunk dead i did paranormal pennsylvania and we did the seven gates of hell and once you pass through the fifth gate you're never seen again researching that i wondered how do you even know if somebody passed through the gate how do you know there are two more gates How do you know it's a time port? Like, how do you know any of this? If they disappear, what do you know? You just know that they disappeared. You don't even necessarily know that they went through that freaking door. These are the questions I have. They're fair questions.
0: So, for those brave enough to attempt to travel through time, even if you're unable to transport yourself to a parallel universe, the awe-inspiring view of the city, especially at sunset, is a great consolation prize. And thus concludes our culinary tour de force of the majestic and mysterious countries of Italy and Greece.
2: Well, that was delicious. And I'm not just talking about my cheesy bacon tots here. It's
0: very Mediterranean.
2: It was very Mediterranean.
0: And uh, my sources for these stories are the GreekerThanTheGreeks.com website. Greeceis.com, uh, Blogspot by Paul Fitch, TheLonelyPlanet.com, Insider.com, Atlas Obscura, Blanc Fenrir,
2: Tour Maker Turkey,
0: and Cora.
2: Well, thank you for that delicious slice of urban legend. It Italy- was phenomenal. Italy and Greece certainly have uh, some spicy legends.
0: I like the house that killed people.
2: I, I do my- I like the house that kills people. <laughs> <laughs> I like turtles.
0: <laughs> A little dark. There was just so much to it. It was just... Mm-hmm. There were so many twists and turns.
2: Let's be honest. Okay, so... I've been researching. We haven't recorded it yet because we're recording all out of order here. Thank, sorry, listeners. But researching the cryptozoology and urban myth, myth- no, urban legends.
0: Mm-hmm. Wine
2: <laughs> <laughs> From Italy and Greece has been a challenge. Yeah, there was. It was easier to find stuff in Japan than it was from Italy and Greece. Yeah. <laughs> Because I, I think enc- i'm sorry go ahead Lindsay.
0: oh i was just going to say i encountered that same issue i just had a really hard time finding stuff
2: i think part of it is because their mythos is so strong that when you try and research anything outside of that core mythology which let's face it rome stole it from greece yeah. the roman culture stole it from greece yeah <laughs> but when you try and research anything outside of that mythos it's a challenge You know it's there. It's just hard to find it in English. Mm -hmm. So I appreciate that you found five stories and you managed to piece them together. And thank (laughs) you for that.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it was hard to like nail down some that actually you could find more information on. Because there were a lot of them that I was like, that's really cool. But there's like two sentences about it and Mm -hmm. there's no other
2: information about it. So, Well, you made one kooky pie tonight, that's for
1: sure. <laughs> the irony is that i had the opposite problem with japan so every time i picked a story and i was like this is my myth i would start digging into it and be like this is more like an urban legend <laughs> yeah. japan does have
2: a lot of urban legends for sure i had the mm-hmm. looking up uh crypto-zoology, there was a lot of urban legend mixed in with that too Mm-hmm. yeah yeah, even
0: with the the Kuchisaki-Ona that had a lot of aspects that were kind of like cryptozoology in some respects. Like there were some aspects of it that seemed very like
2: the more yokai things, mm-hmm. things mm-hmm. like that. She did come up in my search at, under Japanese cryptozoology. So mm-hmm. there. I think part of that is because Japan doesn't really create defined categories like that everything like we said everything has a spirit everything is tied together so it's it's almost all one they don't view it quite the same way that we do
1: yeah exactly it's all one big genre for Mm -hmm. them yeah so that ended up being super difficult and i had to straight up get an entirely different book (laughs) (laughs) to actually get something that i was like this is a myth. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty well, good though.
2: That was good. And I really enjoyed the Urban Legends this week. So thank you for that, Lindsay.
1: You're welcome. The house that kills. Right,
0: right, right. If you see a picture of this place, it is creepy as fuck. Like it, it is like, like it. It is terrifying looking. Like I would not want to stay there.
1: As soon as you said gothic, I was like, hell to the yeah. That's That's always a good time. (laughs) Creepy murder ghosts. That's what I'm talking about. (laughs) Creepy murder
2: ghosts. (laughs) Until you throw in the clown and then Ashley's out.
1: I don't
0: want the clown. (laughs) (laughs) Not even if he was, like, your butler and he brought you, like, wine. The wine's probably poisoned. <laughs> That's fair. So do you have anything you'd like to share? I'll let Ashley go first since you're still eating, Emily.
1: Okay, I can share what I was telling Emily uh, before we really got started, which is that the follow-up to my toad problem that I've talked about before is Is that there's more than one toad. And that's why I keep losing. (laughs) (laughs) So we took a break tonight (laughs) in between our stories. And I had to take my dog outside, as you do. And of course, she's almost immediately at something in the grass. And I'm like, it's going to be a toad. It was. So I scooped it up in a... Napkin, because I'm too squeamish to touch it without that. Tossed it over the fence where it would be safe. Came back inside, threw the napkin away, washed my hands, went back outside. She's already trying to eat a different toad. This is my life.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I picture that toad when you throw it over the fence. Have you ever seen scrubs? Yeah. Yeah. When they're like, Eagle. Eagle! that is the first thing that pops into my head is this toad just legs and arms spread out just flying through the air so I should
1: call the toad JD
2: (laughs) I think
0: that's a universal dog thing because I've definitely caught Kona a time or two trying to eat a toad and I'll have to like like, no we don't eat that and either like physically move her away from it or Actually, make her spit it out because she got it in her mouth one time, and then I had to pick it up and be like, "Be free!" in like this little bush further away from us.
2: (laughs) Do you you just wing it over there?
0: (laughs) I got I got relatively close and was like, "Be free!" Frisbee toss it.
1: (laughs) They're fairly sturdy. Okay, I've been tossing them over the fence. They might be dazed, but they're always fine because they're not laying out there later when you go. So yeah.
2: I don't have a toad problem. I do have a fake bat problem.
0: A fake bat problem?
2: So I got the kids these static window clings Mm -hmm. for Halloween, and they went wild with them, of course. And they have fake, it's just little bat window clings all over all the windows, but the cats think that they are insects on the Ooh, windows oh. so trying to kill all of them and it's really pretty funny to watch these cats just smash their faces <laughs> <against> the window, <laughs> trying to kill these things <laughs> They get so frustrated they they peel them off time and time again and they still don't learn that it's just a fake bat they keep trying it that's my problem no toads just fake bats
1: want to switch <laughs> <laughs>
2: Uh, you know i think i'm okay with the fake bats (laughs) kind of figured worth a shot though (laughs) yep thank you for visiting our
0: beautiful pizzeria and enjoying a slice of urban legends pineapple pizza podcast we're sweet and cheesy not everyone understands us but we're
2: glad you do
0: question mark
2: Oh, God, the whole way you say it. (laughs) Just everything about it.
1: That's what a full pot of coffee
0: does?
1: (laughs) Perfecto.
0: If you're enjoying the show and you'd like to help support us, check out our Tea Public
2: shop for some amazingly fun and funny merch. Or if you want to do a one-time donation, you can do that on buymeacoffee.com and buy us a fresh slice because we can
1: never get enough of basically anything, if we're being honest.
2: If you absolutely love the show and you want to check out some fantastic bonus content, you can become a donor on Patreon and earn all kinds of amazing benefits. We have three tiers to accommodate almost any budget.
0: The $3 Mythbuster, $7
1: Cryptid Hunter, and $15 Storyteller. Become a patron today and start enjoying all the perks and extra content right away. Don't
0: forget. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Pod.
1: That's Pine A-P-P, pizza pod. You can also send us questions, comments, and topic ideas at pineapp, A-P-P, pizza Pod at gmail.com. Remember, there's the two P's in app. Otherwise, you're emailing someone else, and I don't want to be held responsible for that. Thanks for stopping in for some
2: deliciously weird morsels. And just remember, no matter how you slice it, you're awesome. And
1: we love you.